Good evening, gearheads. Welcome to your Sunday night with Speed City. This is John Massengale. I'm sitting in the studio in Austin, Texas, and joined over Zoom by my friend and cohort, Bob Varsha. Mr. Varsha, how's it going, man? Going great, John. It's, uh, we've got, got testing of the way, and they're ready to go racing next weekend. And what a weekend between St. Pete and the Indy cars and, Heck <clears> yeah. me, and Formula One in Bahrain. Uh, hopefully our, uh, our friend... Uh, Jonathan Green will uh, have recovered from his transit. Oh, no! Oh, you they have! Eight, eight hours on the air, you said? Eight, eight hours for like three or four days. He's just... What a, what, what a rookie. I did a <laughs> chump car race out of Road Atlanta. That was 14 hours. Come on, Jonathan. You know, Jonathan Man, and I... Yeah, shut up! <laughs> Jonathan and I did um, the 12-hour WEC race here in Austin on the PA nonstop just us two we were desperate dragging in anybody who happened to walk by the hallway to come in and talk <laughs> <That's> for... <right. laughs> what do you do i clean the bathroom well tell us about it <laughs> exactly take your time oh <laughs> uh, well hey man i'm excited for what you just said we are we are now let's see six days 13 hours and 57 minutes from the first formula one race of the season so i am <laughs> ecstatic about that and, and you know what? It's going to be at a reasonable hour. I think the race kicks off, is it, what is it, 9 a.m. Eastern or is it 9 a.m. 9 a.m. Central Time? So 10 a.m. Eastern. So, Bob, you can sleep in next weekend. Yeah, we don't get unreasonable in our start times until Las Vegas. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, we got a few of those this year, as usual uh, Japan, Australia. But very excited. We got a lot to talk about, guys, because we're going to talk about, we're going to do a breakdown of all the teams after testing and with the giant asterisk of all, everything that you saw during testing and everything we're going to say or not may mean nothing, but, but it's just too much fun to go through what all was, was happening during testing. And we're also sure. going to talk about some interesting and ready theories, rumors, and little stories that have been burbling up over the last few days that are very interesting for Mr. Andretti. So we're going to talk about the, all of that, and uh, we and if we get time, Bob, we've been we've been shuffling down the order for several weeks. This really cool survey that was done by uh, Elite Motorsport. I mean, it's a really really fascinating survey that talks all about the basically the uh, the fan insight into Formula One, and it was yeah uh, actually it was it was done by Motorsport.com. Yeah, and I'm especially proud for no particular reason to say that. The president of motorsport.com is my old pit reporter for Formula One, James Allen, Yeah, who is such a nerd when it comes to Formula One. He worked for the Brabham team and some others. He has two sons named Emerson and Enzo, and <laughs> um, he's doing a great job with motorsport.com. And they commissioned this very, very uh, broad-based scientific survey, and the, the report runs to over 50 pages. It's incredible, and there's a lot of great nuggets in there. Well, it was, uh, it, yeah, it's really thorough. I mean, it, it's a mm -hmm. giant p PDF of, I don't even know. I think it's, uh, yeah, it's 51 pages. So they, they yeah. serve, yeah, 330,000 fans that they surveyed across Formula One, MotoGP, and IndyCar. And, but it also spans uh, World Superbike and World Endurance. So really cool stuff. Mm -hmm. So we'll, I'm going to stop talking about it, and because we'll, hopefully we'll get some time to talk about it at the end of the show, because we're going to do that last. But let's start with our 
our team-by-team overview of what happened during testing and what we think might happen. And, Bob, uh, I arrogantly threw this in the order that I thought that the teams did after the teams would be after watching testing. So we're going to start with Williams. And I don't mean that as a really big dig because I thought that Williams actually looked like they were uh, way ahead of last year. They started, you know, they had a really trouble-free testing to kick off 23. In fact, I think it was only AlphaTauri that covered uh, more laps than they did. But uh, yeah. and, and of course, we got our American Logan Sargent in there. He had a he had a yeah. he had a mammoth day. What 154 laps? Right. And we've got to emphasize that you know, times don't mean anything. We don't know what tires, what what uh, fuel mm-hmm. levels they were on. Um, everybody has a different strategy. Every team has a long checklist of things they want to do. And of course, at the end, in the last. 15 minutes or so, uh, they all, you know, batten down the hatches and go out there for what they call glory runs, which is just go fast, try to get up the charts, try to get talked about in the press, try to get your sponsors, you know, some uh, some media time. So, you know, it, it's great fun. In fact, I understand it was televised overseas and a lot of people were annoyed yeah. because it was boring. <laughs> Folks, it's testing. Yeah. It's not a competition. It's not a race. You know, they're going out and doing as many laps as they can. But my point is, the guys who needed a lot of laps got them. I mean, Logan Sargent, I'm looking at his list, 229 total laps. Yeah. Um, who else was out there getting a lot of time? Oscar Piastri, Felipe Drugovich, all these guys who are coming into the sport, they need laps. They need so many laps. And the teams need laps on their cars. It's all about mileage. That's the goal of testing. And, um, you know, it, it. although there were a few uh, problems for a few teams, most notably McLaren, who spent a lot of time in the garage, it was unfortunate to see. Um, yeah. You know, everybody is going to really bear down now because next Friday they got to be on track and it's going to count. Yep. Well, and I think probably the the most encouraging thing for for Williams is just like I was saying is that they had very trouble free. Uh, they didn't really set a lot of fast times. Both Albon and Logan Sargent were near the bottom of the order, um, and but no no team gained as much lap time between last year's test and this year's test than Williams. So you know it's an encouraging start to uh, the the new James Voles era. So uh, yeah, we'll see how that goes. And I put next from the bottom, AlphaTauri. And they did, like I just said, they did have the, the most number of laps at 456 laps. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, they had good, again, good reliability for them. And I think that's going to be a bit of a theme for comparing to last year, especially with the brand new cars yeah. they had last year. But, you know, right. like, like and were, Nick DeVries, the, the young Dutchman, the, the world champion of Formula E, who's come over to AlphaTauri. He got the, what, third most laps of anybody. So that's a huge help for him, even though he spent years as a test yeah. driver for some other teams. He's um, he's out there now in full Formula One season-long race mode, and that's great to see. And, you know, there should be an asterisk, speaking of those, by Alonzo's name, because Lance Stroll wasn't there. And so Alonzo got to take a session, which is why it put him at the top of the most laps by, by a driver at 270. But yeah, Nick DeVries really uh, had the most laps of of all the other drivers with normal sessions. So he had 246. Yeah. So yeah. 
And there were a lot of rumors flying around, one of which is that AlphaTauri may be back on the block. Yep. Someone might, uh, it might be up for sale. Hello, Michael. I'm looking at you. Yep. That's exactly um, what I was alluding to earlier. Yeah, exactly. Um, and the other thing was uh, Felipe Drugovich is out there, which I mentioned only because there was a wild rumor going around that Sebastian Vettel had been contacted about coming back to the team in case Lance Stroll can't drive next weekend. But that was all crushed when the team came forward and said, nope, Felipe's our guy. And off he goes. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I think that Sonoda, actually, you know what? Sonoda had uh, the sixth quickest time to the test. Let me go back to my spreadsheet. Mm -hmm. I think it was. I think he had the sixth fastest. Yeah, he sure did. He sure did. Mm -hmm. Fact, yeah, fast, you know, the fastest. Botas in the Alfa Romeo, you know, I mean, again, I know these times don't mean much, but they have to, it's all we've got to go on until, until a week from now. So I'm going to throw it out there. <laughs> Wait, but... I'm, I'm, I'm looking at ninth for Yuki Sonoda. Is that? No, you're, you're looking at the spreadsheet oh, no, wrong. <laughs> That's the problem with a spreadsheet. When you start the list on item four. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So that made him. Yeah. Right. So yeah. But... I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> I know I should have cleaned that up. Um, but yeah, yeah, that was good. So, all right, next fastest on my list um, is, and you know, I, I struggle with this just a little bit, but I put, um, starting at the bottom, I put McLaren. I mean, clearly McLaren is struggling. I mean, they had yeah. the worst testing by by far of all the teams. They had the lowest yeah. lowest number of laps done. Uh, the times. Uh, the times weren't as god awful, but they just did not get enough laps in. They only had 312 laps, and you know, yeah. considering Alpatari at 456 and Alpine next above them at 354, they had significantly less laps than everybody else. So it was a disaster, really, for McLaren, and it does not bode well for the start of the season. Yeah, we talked about this last week, and the fact that Lando Norris said, "I'm not concerned with performance right now. I just want a." I think he called it a better behaved car than last year's car that basically punted Daniel Ricardo right out of the team because he couldn't deal with it. Lando did great work with it, but he wants something better for this year. And we're not sure that he got it. They're not fast and not easy to drive, apparently. You know, and and Bob, we we did talk about this too, but from the very beginning that they when they released the, the livery. They basically were setting the bar low from day one. So it, it was just, but Zach Brown said um, he just was, he was candid about the way the team missed all its targets in preseason, uh, setting the expectations low. I put in my notes, of course. Um, and then there was a quote from Andrea Stella who said, I would say our objective through this season is to be a top four car. At the moment, I would say we are not necessarily in this range. <laughs> That's a very That's a very very discreet and diplomatic of him. Diplomatic, politically correct way to say that they are not in the hunt right now. Yeah. So uh, And that's right. a problem with testing this late, you know, there's there's no time. You got to be ready to go on Friday. Yep. Yep, and they uh they are not going to be I, I mean I say that. I I don't expect them to be. I'm not going to no definitives at this point. All right, Bob, let's get a break. Right. And when we come back, we'll start down or move up our list, actually. You're listening to your Sunday night with Speed City. Back after a quick break. This is great. I love this uh, Excel chart. Yeah, it's a good 
Good spreadsheet, isn't it? I cut and pasted. Yeah, it is. I good cut and pasted most of that from something on F1.com, and I built the mm-hmm. last one, the most laps by driver. So hopefully, I got it right. But we're still live on YouTube. I want to I want to expand on what you said about sure Andretti because look the the rumors. I mean, it's AlphaTauri, right? They don't they don't have a a contract past 2025, right? So how convenient with, with F1 with whom? With Formula One, you know their team contract apparently is. Let me let me find well, it. yeah, go ahead. That's the Concord Agreement, the tripartite agreement between the FIA, uh, Formula One. Well, yeah, I guess uh, that's the, it. The isn't teams, it? that's it. It's the Concord. yeah. All of the teams have no contract after twenty twenty five, so um, that's got to be worked out between now and then. Yeah, and but but it all got started was all these rumors of. The future of them, right? So, all right, we're coming back. Yeah. Hello to everyone. This is Gunter Steiner. This is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, welcome back. We are, uh, we're in the break talking to our YouTube folks about the AlphaTauri buyout, possibly. And Brian on YouTube says, high-tech racing rumor to be in the lead with that. Interesting. Yeah, and- high-tech is one of the other two teams other than Andretti that yep. has come forward to the FIA during their window for entering the championship. Yeah. High tech, which is uh, they've had um, F2 or F3 teams for some years now. So they're an experienced outfit. Yeah. I think it's, God, was it both at one point, but yeah. All right. So we're moving up our list and next on our list, Alpine and this is again. This is just my list that I put together after watching testing. And by the way, Bob, I watched a good bit of it on F1 TV. I probably watched, oh, I mean, I probably watched four hours of day one, and maybe about three the next day. And Saturday, I watched. I don't know how much of it, five or six hours, maybe not super intensely, but I got to see a good bit of it. It was good. Anthony <laughs> Davidson was good. I liked it. He was. He was really, really yeah. fun to watch. If you watch six hours of Formula One testing, you got to get a life, my friend. Well, I, you know, I say watched. I was doing lots of stuff while I was watching okay. that. It was a typical gotcha. Saturday. Got it on, doing other stuff. But, uh, but yeah. Uh, Bill Ricker says, earliest I've been, in, been late in some weeks on YouTube. Come on, Bill. Showed up on time. Not tonight, but usually. All right, so Alpine. <laughs> um, let's see. What do I have on my Alpine notes? Because... Obviously, we have Esteban Ocon and Pierre Gasly. Um, not a lot of laps with these guys. They were, they were 175 and 178 laps going to my spreadsheet. Um, Alpine, and actually not very good on the times either. Alpine, uh, 354 laps total. But, but did they have any? I didn't think they had any significant garage time during that. It may not have been quick, but they were putting in the laps, especially important for Ocon because he got sick right after last season ended. And uh, he said for about six weeks he was in bad shape and he wasn't sure he was going to be fit coming into this testing season. So the fact that he got about as many laps as Gasly is probably a good sign. No, I agree with that. And yeah, I think you're right. In fact, one of the notes I put in here was just they were. Ocon said he was happy with the car's long run performance. Um, 
He said, Alpine are also clearly not participating in any, in any glory runs. Um, and, and they've already said they're going to have two updates on the car for the first race. So they were, they were actually the slowest team, I think. So they did not, you know, for whatever the heck Which that's may, worth. That may explain why we got to have updates from Bowery. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, look, in, in, last year, uh, last year's best of the rest team, you know, the, they've already said very clear that they, uh, the, their goal this year is to close that gap up to Mercedes. So mm-hmm. we shall see. And let's see, who do I have on my next up? Uh, I have Haas F1. If you notice, they've, they've kind of been noticeably absent from the bottom of this discussion. And I'm really excited about the Haas, to talk about the Haas F1 team, because to me, I wrote down they look happy and calm and relaxed. And I think that's just, it's really hard to read into the times, Bob. I feel like in mm-hmm. testing, I feel like I can glean almost as much just from watching the team interactions and the interviews and the way the team responds to questions. They just seem really, really relaxed, right? I don't know. Did you get yeah. to see any of the interviews? No, I didn't. Well, I, I saw some of the interviews, yes. I didn't see the testing. And uh, and I think you're right. And I think that's important, as you sensed. The, um, you know, you get a lot more done when you're not yelling at each other and, yeah. and you know, kicking stuff around the garage. You've got to, you've got to work together. You've got to be patient. Um, so, yeah, the idea, uh, at least it looks that the, the infusion of the MoneyGram budget um, has taken a lot of weight off of everybody's shoulders. They're a lot less tense. They have the wherewithal now, even under the spending cap, to, um, to solve problems, to create updates when they need them. And, um, and that's good to see. You know, I think Gene Haas and, and Gunter Steiner have worked really hard, as has the entire team. And it's great that they have this freedom now, with the help of Ferrari, uh, to, uh, you know, to, to make a better car and to compete. Or, or maybe it was just because they actually arrived to, to Bahrain on time this year. <laughs> Where... Well, yeah, right. That's a big sign right there. But, you know, you, you didn't mention one thing. Yes, for sure the MoneyGram money is probably the thing that's going to make them give them the most comfort. But also having mm-hmm. two experienced drivers. I mean, it's, yeah. it's been since Grosjean and Magnussen were together. So, And Hulkenberg mm-hmm. looked like he stepped right in. They both did about 200 laps. Magnussen did 219. Hulkenberg did 196. Um, Magnussen's times were a lot better. But, I, again, throw that out the window because Magnussen was on the, on the third day running. So where you, all yeah. the times were way better. But but the Much. car, yeah. But the car, you talk about a all the the reliability. We said this is going to be a recurring theme. That car looked bulletproof. I don't think, yeah. I, I don't think I don't remember seeing hardly any any problems of any note throughout all of that testing. And, and in yeah, fact, I, I wrote down they had more mileage over the three days than they had, than they had done over the last two full tests of preseason. Right. So yeah. they. Uh, that reliability that I mean that's always a big a, a fantastic thing. So I just don't yeah, know how the two fast real, they're going to be. The two real latecomers in previous years were Haas and Williams. Yeah. Williams, you know, was building a car in the garages at Barcelona when we used to test there. Um, and I saw the comment from Mario Isola, who runs the Pirelli Tire Program, 
These guys are going two seconds quicker than last year's times. Just last year. Yeah. So I think we've got a lot to look forward to in terms of performance this year. That's huge. I didn't see that. I, I didn't hear Mario say it. I'd heard some teams talking mm-hmm. about the times being faster, but I guess across the board, two seconds. And uh, that, you know, it, it's amazing, but it also is not surprising considering last year, how, you know, we're, how we're, it was the biggest ch- change in F1 rules in maybe in right. F1's history. So, yeah, yep. of course, this is going to be a big year. But Hulkenberg, I want to yeah. go back to him because. I mean, he really jumped right back in and got into the rhythm of driving an F1 car after being out for, you know, a, basically a year and really four years since his last full season. So, I mean, it, this will be something to watch. Uh, yeah. I, I, you know, because how old is Hulkenberg? He's like 35 or 6? Yeah, I think like he might that. be 36. Yeah. And he's always fit. I mean, he's his nickname is the Hulk, but he's a superhero one way or the other. He has a pole to his credit, but no victories. Uh, And I think he's going to have a lot of support from the fans who like him, want to see him do well, at least win a race. (laughs) And uh, I think he's capable of it. It just hasn't come together for him in terms of the teams he's been on. But now, you know, he he has a chance to show what he can do. Sometimes it helps to be in a, 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 a team with less achievement, if you like, in its scrapbook, because everybody knows what you've got under you. And if you do really well with that equipment, that can open all kinds of doors for you. So, you know, he's a 24 hours of Le Mans winner. Um, good guy, consistent, dependably fast, just hasn't been able to close the deal. And we'll see if he can do it. Yeah, it's going to be fun to watch him. And yeah, he, he should walk in with a little swagger and some confidence. Uh, was, sure. he, was he one of the ones complaining about the neck uh, recently? I can't remember, but it, it's always, I always think about the neck of the guys that haven't been in a car, but he's probably had a good offseason. Yeah training regimen on that neck so he'll probably be fine yeah. uh, also and kevin as well about magnuson a lot of people would like to see magnuson win a race oh yeah i mean magnuson is one of my favorites for sure i don't i do not want to not talk about how not talk about magnuson because he last mm-hmm. year what he did amazing starting the season with a fifth place finish i mean uh, i don't know if you've started watching drive to survive but uh that was in the first episode and um We've got something to talk about with Drive to Survive too. A little later in the show, we uh, we sort of made Drive to actually not sort of we did make Drive to Survive, and we'll, and we'll talk about we that. did we definitely right. Speed City was in there. We did it. We did. It. They they just didn't credit us. They didn't credit us. That's right. Yeah, Chris Medlin yeah. was in there, so we'll we'll play that here in a bit. But just to wrap up, Haas. Simple. Uh, I want to talk about Pietro Fittipaldi because he's a reserve driver, of course, this year again. He did not take part in the test. But uh, he had an interesting assessment. He said, um, it's hard to say, but I'd say when he was asked about where the team would end up, he said, I'd, but out of the teams out there, the 10 teams were between seventh and fifth, Fittipaldi said, around that area. So I, uh, I like that. And if they were to finish yeah. fifth, that would be massive. And I think it's certainly within reach. It's really cool to see our American team with that. And the final thoughts on Haas are from Gunther Steiner. He says, the whole team came here well, very well prepared. We did our homework. So when we arrived, we were ready to go. And you could see that. It was difficult to say, but but we are still in the midfield. Let's see if we're at the top end of the midfield or now we're ready. But now we're ready for our race weekend. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, kind of echoing what I was saying earlier, just about how they, you know, they arrive, they're ready to go. 
and got a little swagger to them. So, uh, all right, one more to squeeze in in this segment, Bob. Aston Martin. And I have to say that they clearly, to me, was the most intriguing of this 2023 testing because Alonzo was near the top all the entire time he was in the car. And that that car looks so fast, and it immediately made me think, man, Alonzo, when he when I first heard he was leaving last year and moving to Aston Martin, I thought, is is this a is this a smart gamble? Is this a smart move? Well, so far it appears to be a pretty smart move. Yeah, we thought the same when Lewis Hamilton went from McLaren to Mercedes. What in the world is he thinking? And yeah, yeah history shows what he was thinking. Um, I don't know that Alonso is going to do that, but I agree. He's looking fast. He is not a spring chicken. He is one of the most experienced drivers ever. Um, and he's still quick. I mean, we saw last year, his, he's still clever. He still analyzes the track. Um, yeah, he can do some damage. And that would be, uh, that would be fun to watch. Um, Mark, uh, yeah, Mark Hughes uh, wrote recently in Motorsport Magazine that the story of the year would be if Fernando Alonso can win a race for Aston Martin. Um, Cause he's held in that kind of yeah. esteem, even though he's not always the most likable guy, uh, what he's been able to do over his career is really phenomenal. Well, it made me really think about Alonso like last year. Do you remember what he did in the rain? I mean, wasn't he on pole at uh, where was that in the rain? He just was stunning in the rain last year. And then I think Alonzo seems like a very smart guy, like a really exceptionally smart guy. And mm -hmm. maybe this move, you know, maybe he, you know, crazy like a fox, as we were saying when he was moving to Aston Martin last yeah. year. So who knows? Um, yeah, maybe just wanted to get his hands on a Mercedes power unit or anything from Mercedes that he could. Yeah. Um, and he obviously sized up the technical bench at Aston Martin and the people he'd be working with, not only to see if he likes them, but to see if he can manipulate them, if he can build the team around himself and perhaps indulge in a little gamesmanship by telling everybody in the team that Lance Stroll has what it takes to be a world champion. Now go away while I tailor <laughs> this car to what I need and we'll see where we are when the season begins. Yeah. Well, clearly there's no Lance Stroll who was injured in an accident, a bicycle accident, right? Yeah, bicycle accident. And right. And he uh we don't know if he's gonna he's gonna race next week, and it kind of looks like he may not. So reserve there's driver. Been no update, yeah. Yeah. That's uh no news is bad news in this circumstance. Yeah. And of course, reserve driver Felipe Drugovic, who uh who only had I say only, he had a hundred laps in the car, which uh mm. that's not nothing for sure. I you know. I, I was, yeah, it stopped under him the first time he got in it. Well, yeah, that's true. Brought out a flag. Yeah. Um, and let's see, the uh, the quote I had here was from Tom McCullough, the performance director. He says, we managed to complete our run plan and got a number of laps on the board with both drivers. The car was reliable. And again, we managed to gather a lot of data. We are still getting to understand the car and learning about various operational and procedural matters, but we have made good progress. Nothing too phenomenal in that statement, but... Anyway, so it, it was never are. It, it was just exciting to see Aston Martin do so well. And I'll leave Aston Martin with a comment from Kevin Kelly on YouTube. He says, Aston Martin over Mercedes? Question mark? 
that will be interesting. So, all right, let's get in a quick break. And when we come back, we'll continue our countdown to what we're predicting as the fastest team this year. Listen to Sunday Night with Speed City back after this. All right, we're live still on YouTube-ish. What do we got? Any more comments? Uh, Wesman said, he, I guess he's asking everybody, did they get to watch testing? Uh, Wesman says, I'm pretty sure they were sandbagging. I think he was talking. Who was he talking about? Where were we in the conversation at that point? Oh, Alpine. He says Alpine were sandbagging. Yeah, there's that, Bob. We hadn't even talked about that. We talk about, you know, fuel loads. We uh, talk Sandbagging? About, yeah. yeah. Who the heck knows? It's testing. Well, you know, it's it's weird because sandbagging, they're sandbagging, sandbagging, sandbagging in, say, IMSA, which is a series with a balance of performance algorithm. And you have to go out and test. You have to go out and go hard so that they get a good baseline for what your car can do. And then they whack you with fuel or, or weight or whatever it might happen to be, revs. Uh, but in Formula One, people might sandbag just not to give themselves away. Nobody's going to penalize them because they're faster than anybody because in Formula One, all that matters is that you are faster than the next guy. But they don't want anybody to know that they are really good because photographers are everywhere with high-tech cameras that can measure bits and pieces down to the millimeter. And, uh, you know, they don't want copies turning up in Bahrain. That's all just part of the game. ...of the world onto Formula One. But this could happen, and, you know, um, this... Well, sure it could. And, and I certainly understand what they're, where they're coming from, and, I mean, the value of these teams now. So, all right, here we go. Hi, this is Jay Leno from jaylenosgarage.com, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio. Speed City. <laughs> Jay Leno bringing us back from break, and and thank goodness he hasn't been in the news lately. He hasn't he hasn't caught on right, fire he hasn't or hurt himself. <laughs> caught on fire or wrecked his motorcycle. That's good. I'm I'm a big fan. Oh, I watch. Oh gosh. I watch his uh, YouTube show quite regularly. I don't ever miss an episode. Yeah. Of Jay's uh, garage. All right, Bob. We're we're to our next team as I move our way up. We're down to the top three, and I had a little bit of a struggle. Uh, after Friday's qualify, I mean, for testing, I was thinking I had Mercedes in this slot ahead of, I mean, behind Ferrari, and I went ahead and left them there. Uh, but Ferrari, I mean, Mercedes looked really, really good on Saturday, but I left Mercedes in third, and they had um, they had a good test. For one, they they weren't porpoising all over the place. They had plenty of laps. They had seventh most laps. And uh, mm -hmm. Lewis Hamilton had the second fastest time. George Russell had eighth fastest. But uh, but it was going to be interesting, you know, they, with the porpoising craziness they had last year and the fact that they didn't change their side pods that dramatically. You know, they didn't come out and copy Red Bull like a lot of teams did. So, you know, um, I was they did have a hydraulic failure late on Friday, which was part of the reason I was going to leave them down there. But mm -hmm. but everybody had seemed so solid, right? Which is why that stood out. And Hamilton was complaining about the balance of the car heading in, but but I don't know. They looked so good on Saturday that I still think yeah. that that's probably where they'll end up. If I had to guess right now, 
Well, Hamilton said something cryptic, I thought, when he said there are still elements of this car that we had last year. And I don't know if that meant, you know, we took the good from last year and kept it for this year's car, or there were things I hated about last year's car. And Lewis said he hated the car, period, last year. But I, I, I wonder if he was referring to the fact that there are things that he still doesn't like on this year's car uh, because of last year. But, you know, the guys haven't had a lot of time in it. Um, Total Wolf has uh, gone on at length about how they're, they're not expecting to, uh, to beat the world coming out, but they're going to take it incrementally, step by step, and make a better car. Uh, and I have no doubt they will, but I think you're right to put them there in the number three spot because I don't think the teams ahead of them, well, we know what Red Bull could do, and Ferrari, who we'll talk about in a second, um, I think their problems were mainly aero. They have a terrific engine once they got the problem solved that caused them to detune the engine to keep them from popping late in the season last year. Um, mm -hmm. I think Ferrari was in a position they didn't need to do as much to get better as perhaps Mercedes did. Maybe that's the best way to that's say That's a it. perfect way to put that. I think you're absolutely right. They had a, a lot less stuff to work on. I mean, at the end of the year last mm -hmm. year, Mercedes was looking very fast and competitive with, mm -hmm. with Ferrari, but I think that, I think you're right. And, um, you know, I, I think the big thing for them is that they stuck with that, that side pod technology, that style. Mm -hmm. And if they can, you know, they keep saying if they can get it right, that they think they, they have an advantage that other teams don't have in it. It's a, and that's going to have to just be seen. We don't know who knows yeah. they mm -hmm. could come out, you know, and win the first race. We don't know at this point. Yeah. And it, it's purely an aero thing. I mean, the side pod thing was to get less body work in front of the airflow and, you know, they achieved it. Um, the, the porpoising and bouncing problems, needed to be dealt with, but practically everybody did, no one better than Red Bull. Um, so I think they are still on that philosophy that these slimline uh, side pod openings, although they are bigger than last year, apparently, they are still slimmer than just about everybody else. You see on the other cars, they have the big oval openings, but Ferrari's just got, I mean, uh, McLaren, <laughs> Mercedes has just this slash down the side of the car. They obviously don't need it for engine power, cooling, that kind of thing. They're just trying to, to get out of the airflow and manipulate it for better downforce. And something we talked about last week, which is make the car better everywhere, because last year they had a car that was great someplace and horrible the next place. So, you know, we'll see if they've achieved that or not. And they've been able to smooth it over and be quicker in more places than they were last year. Yep. All right. So let's move to Ferrari. And uh, mm -hmm. got them in second position behind Red Bull. And you touched on what I think is probably one of the biggest things is that they, they don't have a lot to work on. Their car was great last year. And the, they, at, the, you know, at the beginning of the season, they were fastest. They were, lead, they were winning races and had a 30-point lead or something like that. And mm -hmm. they've come out and said that they have solved the, the problems with the engine, the reliability issues. And that's allowed them to, to keep that 30 horsepower rather than finding 30 horsepower that, that over last year. It's not that they didn't find 30 horsepower. They just weren't able to use it. So that, right. and, that and that's a big deal in Formula One. And I think that, uh, you know, I, 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 because Red Bull has been so fast in testing, 
I, I still think there's a gap to Red Bull, but they could not be a whole lot happier with this test because, um, <laughs> you know, they're, they're fast and reliable. And, um, you know, if, if that continues, they should be able to give Red Bull a run at this. Yeah. And, and perhaps most encouraging is the fact that Sergio Perez, the ostensible number two in the team, was quickest in the test. So granted, low fuel, tires, whatever. So, you know, he was concerned last year that the car was developed to favor Max Verstappen, his teammate. But it looks like this car suits Sergio really well. And that, I think, portends a lot of great action up front between those two teammates who, you know, I think are, are almost equally fast. I think Perez is kind of underestimated compared to the, the the brilliance of Max. Yeah, he won 15 races last year and Perez won a couple. But um, I think Sergio is out to show people what he can do this year. And hopefully the, the car suits him. Yeah, and you know what? You know, when you first say that, I guarantee a lot of people go, wait a minute, hang on a minute, as fast as Max. But remember, this is Max's team and, and was has been Max's team for a long time before right. Sergio got there. That car was built for yep. Max. That for... And yeah, and, and no as, question. And as we have all seen, the cars can, drivers can go from one car to another and, and just perform dramatically different. So, hopefully, you're right. Be, I mean, I say hopefully, hopefully for Sergio, not for the rest of the grid, yeah. because, <laughs> because uh, if that. Yeah, I'm not saying he's going to be world champion this year, but I think we'll see a different Sergio Perez this year. Yeah. Well, going back to Ferrari, I did put in my notes. They were noticeably slower than Red Bull on the on Saturday in the final part of testing on identical tires. So we'll have to see. Um, and you know, and they've also talked about um, tire deg. Uh, about they've had trouble with tire deg more so than other teams. Mm -hmm. But but what do you think well, about Frederick? Well, go ahead. What are you going to say about tire deg? Well, you know, not so much about tire deg, but last year, uh, if I can overgeneralize, the, the Ferrari was better in the corners than on the straightaways. And a lot of that perhaps had to do with engine power. It was a, a pre-ignition problem. They were having the cylinders, the engine, and the Red Bull was quicker on the straightaways, helped in no part by Adrian Newey's genius in terms of setting up the aero on the car. Now that apparently, from what we've heard in testing, the roles are reversed. That the Ferrari is quicker on the, in the uh, on the straightaways and slower in the corners than the Red Bull. So um, again, you know, it's a, if it's true, it's a, an interesting juxtaposition, um, and we'll have to see how Charles Leclerc and uh, <clears throat> Carlos Sainz can deal with it. I think, in addition to a different Sergio Perez this year, I think we're going to see a different Carlos Sainz this year. Yeah, uh, I think that that Sainz last year, I, you know, well, why do you say that, Bob? What, why do you see a different Carlos Sainz? Well, you know, remember last year, pick a race, Silverstone, where they wanted the old administration at Ferrari, wanted um, Carlos to move aside for Charles Leclerc. And he said, no, don't ask me to do that. Yeah, I've got better tires. I'm quicker. I can get after the race leader. Don't create these situations. And he was returning. He was talking about politics where 
I have to get out of the way for my teammate, even if he's not quicker than I am. Uh, and I thought that was a moment for Carlos, who is a kind of a quiet guy. A lot, a lot's going on under the surface with Carlos Sainz. And um, in that moment, he stood up to the team. He said, "No, I'm not going to do that. You know, let's let's all look at the at the black and white, and that is that I'm our best chance to win this race. So, damn it, let me go do that." And I, I thought that was a big step up for him. And I hope the team will respect that. The new team principal, Frederick Vasseur is close friends with Charles Leclerc, but I think he's smart enough to see that, you know, you've, you've got to let the big dog eat, as it were. And I don't think in, in tough situations, he will let politics play a role in who does what for Ferrari. The pressure is just too high on Ferrari. They just, yeah. they cannot muck around anymore. They've got to go out and start taking scalps. And you know what, along those lines, the when I think of Leclerc, I think of him as extremely fast, but he also does no question does make a mistake every now and then, and mm -hmm. and and the other thing that's interesting about him is that he he's he will give himself an extremely hard time about that. You know, it's you, Max. It's like the opposite of Verstappen, who is the the confidence is borderline, you know, over the top. Yeah, and, arrogance. Right. Yeah, and uh, and. Leclerc just doesn't he will he doesn't hesitate to give himself you know you know a hard time so uh, you know that's yeah. a, that's a tricky one to yeah it's, it makes him yeah. likable but it's a tricky one to you know you got to say hey, look man you're you're cream of the crop you're one of the top maybe top two or three or four drivers in the on the planet so you you know yeah have that confidence yeah no he's definitely on the ball you know whenever they made one of their famous guffawfuls on tire strategy right away you heard Leclerc say what the hell are we doing yeah. this is not going to work um so yeah that'll that'll you know will bite him well going forward but um you know will he have that that killer instinct or has he been so beaten down by what Ferrari was like last year I don't I don't know that you know again put that on the list of stories that we're going to be following Yep. Uh, well, last thing about Ferrari is that I opened the show talking about how we weren't going to pay as much attention to times and things like that, but just the attitude of the teams and the people in the interviews. And Frederick Vasseur has a style that at Ferrari has not been there very much. Benotto, I mean, uh, uh, yeah, I guess Benotto a little bit, but, but Vasseur, I saw an interview he did with Julian Palmer and um, Will Buxton. And he was loose and fun and making some jokes. Yeah. And you know, you think about Arrivederci, Arriva Bene. He he did not make. He never smiled, much less crack a joke. And that was kind of the feeling. Oh you, God, no. You got at Ferrari. It's like, you know, if you make right. a mistake, you're fired. You're out. One mistake, you're done. Yeah. And Vasseur has a different yeah. attitude. And and I think that I don't know. Maybe it's just. Uh, I just think that that could that could reflect well. Uh, at least in today's world, I don't know. That just seems to work. So um, yeah. let's see if that that, that got him the job. Yep, it got him the job. Let's see if it works for Ferrari. All right, let's take our last break, and when we come back, we'll get to our number one team. You listen to Sunday Night with Speed City. Back after this, <laughs> you forgot a team. All right, let's do live on YouTube. What's that? Yep, and I'm, I'm going to embarrass you in front of all the YouTubers. You forgot a team other than Red Bull. Who is it? Oh, you're kidding. 
Who did I forget? I did Williams, Alfatar. Go down your list. Who did I forget? Alfa Romeo. Huh. Okay. Well, there you go. We'll do Alfa Romeo right now. <laughs> In the break. Let me look at my notes. Sure. You know what it is? Is okay. I had my notes. You had to mention them. I had my notes reversed yeah. from the show doc. <laughs> oh. I'm just messing with you. But, uh, you know, Zhou Guan Yu was, uh, or Guan Yu Zhou, yeah. uh, was quick. Was it Saturday? He was top of the charts. Yeah. And, uh, or Friday. Anyway. Um, and we got to talk about Valtteri Bottas and his new mullet helmet. Oh, that's right. That's. Hi, this is Karun Chandok, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. Okay, we're going to talk about Alfa Romeo now, not because I think they're going to win the championship this year, <laughs> but because I forgot and skipped them. Oops. <laughs> As Mr. Varsha so uh, astutely noticed during the break. Why would so you do blatantly that? pointed out. So blatantly, there you go, blatantly pointed out. Yeah. Um, you know, this year, reliability, you know, was what they were going to focus on because last year was a big deal for them. You know, they were fast. Uh, Botas was fast last year, and 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 uh, Zhou Guan Yu was fast last year. But mm -hmm. but uh, what were you gonna say about Botas's hairstyle? Well, they're calling it a mullet. <laughs> now, I live in Atlanta, Georgia, and down here in the <laughs> South, yeah, we know what a mullet looks like, <laughs> and I don't particularly think Valtteri Botas yet has a mullet. Now he That's does what have a right next to. <laughs> 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 he's got a helmet with the, with all the hair painted going down to the back and, and short shaved on the sides. Um, and I'm sure that'll be a big topic of conversation going forward. But, you know, the car is cool. It's red and black, which I don't like all that much because pretty much all the cars are going to be red and black or some combination, you know, of, of the two. Um, I, I, I don't know. It's, uh, you know, Zhou Guan Yu was quick, I think, on Friday. Yeah, um, Valtteri Bottas. We know what he can do. He's got a, a handful of victories to his name. Um, there could be good things coming if there isn't upheaval in the team because of this mixed Sauber slash uh, Finn. What's his name? The billionaire who uh, who owns the team. Yeah. Yada yada yada. If Audi can can assert some authority over this team uh, as they as they increase their shareholding, and it'll be up to fifty percent, I guess, this year. Um, yeah, there could be some good things coming from Alpha Romeo too. Yep. I, uh, just a quick quote from the team. I, I like this just cause it, it's, it goes to a little bit of what you said. And this is, uh, Jean Montreux. He says, we can be satisfied about these three days of solid work. We collected plenty of data and I feel we're prepared for the season as best we could. Performance wasn't our main aim. We didn't focus on what the others were by doing, but simply looked at ourselves. I think basically saying we've got to get we got to fix the reliability. And last but not least, Botas said, Botas claimed that the new car was 50% better with its handling than last season. I think almost all the cars are, are that way because of that two seconds yeah. we were talking about earlier. earlier so, Right, yeah, and they've all got uh, so much more information than they had when they came out with a totally new car last year. Now they've had a chance to, uh, you know, to, to fix it, to make it better in the second season under these new rules. Yep. 
All right, let's talk about who I think is going to be fastest. No surprise to anybody if you're paying any attention to testing, and that's Red Bull. They came out of the gate just confident and fast. They went quickest the first two of the three days, including Perez setting very comfortably the fastest time of the test on the final day. And I looked. That's better than Charles Leclerc's poll time from last year at Bahrain. So, again, going mm-hmm. to how much better the cars are. But, you know, Verstappen looks fast. We talked about Checo looking fast. Uh, I think there was some pretty ominous stuff at the start of the second day because Ka- uh, Verstappen came out, strolled out of the gate, and just blasted and beat his, his best time from the first day on his first time lap. I mean, instantly fast. No notable reliability issues. I I think that's got to scare everybody from Ferrari on down. And, uh, you know, I know that this is just testing, but, man, Bob, they look fast. Yeah, they absolutely did. And as I said at the beginning of the show, what every team wants is mileage. And they got a ton. I mean, on that first day, um, nobody did half the laps that Max Verstappen did, which says Verstappen's in great shape. And the car is in great shape. Now, they didn't have a completely trouble-free test over the three days. But boy, oh boy, when they were on, they were on so well. And I saw something recently on Twitter where uh, Damon Hill, the 97 world champion, was asked to rate the top 10 teams. And he provided a list, the first nine of which were Red Bull. Yeah. They're just looking so good. I know. They do look fast, and we shall see. It's going to be so exciting next weekend. And, of course, just to let everybody know, we're back on our regular schedules. We're going to be doing our pre- and post-race shows all year long on national radio. Go to our website, speedcitybroadcast.com, to check all that out. And, uh, of course, Chris Medlin's going to be back with us, me and Bob and Jonathan Green. And uh, Dave O'Neill's going to join us from when he can. He's uh, one of the busiest guys on the planet, but he joins us, former Haas F1 team manager. And there's even a rumblings of a new show that we might try to squeeze in. Of course, Chris. Is going to see if this new show, I'll just say it, it would be a Saturday show. It may or may not happen. I know that's crazy that it's the last minute. We don't know that. But it may or may not happen. And, of course, Chris Medlin and I do the Wednesday show. And that's on uh, Wednesdays <laughs> at, at 7 Eastern. <laughs> So, Keep it up, pal. Who's going to fire you first, your, <laughs> your employer or your family? <laughs> yes. Uh, yes, Mr. Varsha. There's, those discussions have been, have been discussed. Uh, so, yes. Uh, hey, I want to hey. talk about Drive to Survive. Uh, Casey, the producer, just jumped to attention because he's going to get this video. And we can play it because it's on social <coughs> media because we did it. We made Drive to Survive at Saudi Arabia last year. And as, as you guys, if you've ever listened to any of our shows, we play this clip often about Gunther Steiner. So, uh, Casey, just give me a thumbs up when you're ready to play that. He is ready. So let's go straight to this video. It's, a, it's from the Hasef One team's uh, Twitter account, but it's Drive to Survive. Now, I'm talking to Gunther Steiner. Gunther, points on the board for Kevin. How do you view that result? The car looked very quick at times. What I'm really happy about is the performance of the car. Now we know that the car is good. Kevin and Mick will have good results, both of them. You cannot be too greedy, you know. I mean, uh, last year, uh, for two points, uh, I mean, I would have fucked uh, the whole paddock, you know. So hopefully we can get some more. I'm sure America doesn't mind, but I'll apologize for the language. Good to thank you very much, and well done. Thank you. Thank you. 
What language did I use? I don't know. I didn't hear. Did you drop an F bomb? No, no. <laughs> what language did I use? What did you say you would do to the whole paddock? Hug them. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't it awesome to see the other half of that conversation that we've seen so many times on our side? Uh, it was great. Yeah, it really, I mean, it's it's what happens after he utters the remark. That's great. When he turns around after Chris walks off and he looks around, what did I say? What language was I using? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. The, the underling said, I don't know. I didn't hear what you said. Don't ask me. Well, I don't feel bad for Chris thinking that or us thinking that because I heard it that day when I heard, you know, Gunther was on our show saying those that last part about I hugged. But I heard it, and, and I was like, there's no way. He didn't say hugged. He said the F word. But the more I listen to it now, I kind of can see it. But his accent was so thick. But it was pretty cool to be able to say that we made Drive to Survive. Uh, as, you, <laughs> as you pointed out, Bob, we didn't have Chris's mic cube ready. So he didn't have yeah. the, the Speed City logo in there, unfortunately, or the Sirius yeah. logo. But anyway, we didn't have it in our logos all set up. So it wasn't, it wasn't as exciting. But... Anyway, it was pretty cool to see that. But uh, well, we are just about out of time, so um, we didn't talk about this elite motorsport, Bob. We're just gonna have to do a podcast to get that thing in. <laughs> because yeah, well, folks can go to uh, to the internet to motorsport.com yep. and find the uh, the the survey and um, see what you make of it. There's a lot of in, in, in English <laughs> uh, interesting things in there comparing Formula One, MotoGP, and uh, IndyCar. So. New fans, demographics, ages, genders, on and on and on. Which countries, which continents? Um, yeah, it's a lot of really interesting. I'm gonna throw it, I'm gonna throw it in the chat right now on uh, on uh, YouTube, but I will also retweet it again just so people can check that out because it's some really great info. And mm -hmm. you can, if you're a Formula One nerd, and if you're listening to us, you probably are. You will love it. And it's not just Formula One. Like you said, it's it's all across the board. Some really yeah, fantastic. It's what people stuff. like and don't like about their favorite motorsports. Yep. Exactly. At the top of the chain. Yep. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. And uh, thanks, everybody, for watching on YouTube. And next week, we kick it off. Let's go, go, go. Talk to you guys next Sunday, race day.